tribal trails, tribal trails. The Son of God, He's near. He chose to walk with us. These tribal trails. Tribal trails. Hi, you've tuned into Tribal Trails. Our guests are Trevor and Sherry Flett from Garden Hill, Manitoba. Every year in the fall, they go to their trapline at Pazisco Lake, Ontario. Today, we'll join Rita to visit with them there. What a blessing it is for us to be here. And um, what brought you here to the trapline, Trevor and Sherry? I spent a lot of time here growing up with my grandparents. And uh, I always think of them and that's why I, I, re I want to come back here every year. We're here with uh, my parents, my mom and my dad, Arnold and Natty Flett. And we're just out here hunting. And we enjoy out, we enjoyed very much out here. Yeah. Did you get a moose? Yes, we did get a moose. Mm -hmm. uh, the first day we got here, which was on Friday, we went out on a, on a boat. My dad was calling moose, and he, we heard moose, but uh, it was getting too dark to go look for it. But uh, you know, we came back and we went back the next day, and then again he started calling in moose, and then uh, sure enough, uh, moose came came in. We see the evidence of your moose there. Yeah. It was very good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so what do you do when you're here, Sherry? We all go for uh, moose hunting. And what else do you do? They do uh, fish, uh, fishing. Okay. And then we uh, take the scales out and yep. do the fish, yeah. Yeah. I wash the fish and then hang them the fish as well. Okay. And what do you do with the fish when you hang them? We put it on the, on the stick. Okay. To dry it off the... You smoke them? Yeah, we smoke them as well, yeah. King David said to the Lord, How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you! You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. Do you come from a, a large family, Trevor? I have two sisters, no, three sisters, sorry. Natasha, Tally, and April. And we also have a foster foster brother. Oh. He's been with us since he was about six years old. Mm -hmm. You were raised in a Christian home? Yes, I was raised in a Christian home. When I was nine years old, that's when my parents became Christians. But, oh. be, be, but before that, they were in the world. Yeah. yeah. And uh, everything changed when I was nine years old. Do you remember the change? Yes, I do remember the change. Before they became Christians, uh, I could remember, you know, always being scared because of the lifestyle they led. Yeah. All these parties and, you know, growing up in that atmosphere when I was young, I was, I was scared. But as soon as they became Christians, I noticed a real big difference in their lives. It was like night and day. Whoa. 
a life filled with aimless desperation. Without hope, walk the shell of a man. But a hand with a nail print stretched downward. Just one touch, then a new life began. And the old rugged cross made the difference. In a life filled with heartache and defeat. I will praise Him forever and ever For the cross made the difference for me Barren walls echoed harshness and anger Little feet ran in terror to hide Now those walls ring with love, warmth and laughter Since the giver of life moved inside And the old rugged cross made the difference in a life filled with heartache and defeat I will praise Him forever and ever For the cross made the difference for me I saw a change in their lives and I wanted that change as well. Oh, good. I wanted that change even at nine years old, mm-hmm. where they were having parties before, and now they were having Bible studies in our home, uh, fellowshipping with other Christians. And uh, that's one of the big changes I noticed, uh, the, where there was no peace at all, yeah. to you know, complete peace and joy in our, in our home. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, one day when my parents and a, a group of other Christians, mostly family members, were having Bible study at our home, and I, and, I, and I saw them sitting around a table, sitting around a couch, uh, and, I, and I walked in. You know, I didn't know how to express myself. You know, so my mom was sitting there. Look, mom. I went like this, you know. (laughs) My muscles are happy. (laughs) The Apostle Peter wrote to the believers in exile, For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. How long after that before you accepted the Lord? Well, probably read one of their Bible studies when I was nine years old, when I accepted oh, okay, Jesus right. into my life. Mm-hmm. But growing up, and as, it, as my teenage years went on, I uh, kind of drifted away from the Lord and... 
you know, I was walking in the, in the, in the world for a while, for a long time. Over the years, I'd, you know, I'd say I'm sorry, you know, I'm trying to get back to with the Lord, and, but, you know, it went on for a long time like that. You had to find your own way. I had to find my own way, yes. Yeah. Uh, but well, it wasn't until really 2009 when I really gave my heart to the Lord. We were attending church and we used to sit way in the back, way in the back, on one of the back seats there. I was listening to my dad preaching. And uh, he had this one question. And it really stuck out in my head, in my mind, you know, it, it, the question was, who's sitting on the throne of your heart? And that all throughout his sermon, you know, I, I was crying back there. I, I couldn't stop my tears, I couldn't stop crying. I just sat in the back there and just crying. I had a lot of things in my heart. A lot of things that didn't belong in my heart. And that, that, that one question played on me for a whole week. King Solomon said, Oh my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. The next Sunday, my wife and I attended church again, sitting in the same spot, same chairs. This time, my uh, uncle John was preaching, and as soon as he started preaching, you know, tears started rolling down my face again. And all throughout his sermon, I was crying in the, in the back pew. I could feel the presence of the Lord, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's that touched I, your heart. It touched my heart. As soon as he started preaching, you know, I I started crying. As soon as uh, he stopped preaching, I I went up and I wanted prayer and I wanted forgiveness. I wanted to give my heart to the Lord. From that day forward, it was in December, early December. That's uh, when I really gave my heart to the Lord, and back in 2009. Yeah. I believe some of you could identify with our guest. Your conscience bothers you you know you need to turn to God and ask for forgiveness. But you're not sure if God will accept you. I encourage you to look into the Bible and listen to what He has to say to those who desire to turn from their sins. In Psalm 51, King David said, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. So, when you go to God with a sincere heart, He will receive you with open arms. If you need prayer and encouragement from God's Word, give us a call. Next is a video clip showing that God forgives sinners. It comes from the life of Jesus as depicted in the Gospel of John. Early the next morning, he went back to the temple. All the people gathered round him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman who had been caught committing adultery, and they made her stand before them all. Teacher! 
This woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. In our law, Moses commanded that such a woman must be stoned to death. Now, what do you say? They said this to trap Jesus so that they could accuse him. But he bent over and wrote on the ground with his finger. As they stood there asking him questions, he straightened up. Whichever one of you has committed no sin may throw the first stone at her. Then he bent over again and wrote on the ground. When they heard this, they all left, one by one, the older ones first. Jesus was left alone with the woman still standing there. He straightened up. Where are they? Is there no one left to condemn you? No one, sir. Well then, I do not condemn you either. That's one of the passages I like very much. Because in also in John chapter 3, verse 17, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's, it's something that God, Jesus, through Jesus himself, you know, we're not, we're not condemned. It's through him that we might be saved. And that's something that God is able to forgive any sin. From then on, you kept walking with the Lord. Yeah, we kept yeah. walking with the Lord, yeah. You were married already? Yeah, we were married. You were married. We were married in 1992. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Did You met in Garden Hill? Yes, we did. did. Do you come from a Christian home? No. No? No. Just like the my father and I was saying this morning that as uh, they respect God, yeah, that's how that's how they are when I was growing up. Two thousand eight. That's when I lost my mom, and she um, she gave her life to to the Lord when when she was on her deathbed, and my. Uh, my mother-in-law, she came, 
she came over there oh. at the, my mom's and yeah. she started she started praying and that's when she uh, asked my mom if she wants to give her life to the Lord and and that's what she did and uh, I was happy and joy what they saw Jude called believers to persevere in the last days. You, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love, and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. We went to a church. The first time when I gave my life to the Lord was 1996. There was a conference that time. And we were sitting at the back of the church again. <coughs> and I was sitting with him and he he went up when, when they were preaching and when there was a, an altar call and that's when I, I can just see him. He, he was just, he was crying and see his tears running down from his eyes and I didn't go not not until um, that night after the church service when when, when it was done, mm-hmm. they asked me if I want to receive Jesus into my heart, and that's what I did. I accepted uh, Jesus into my heart, and they gave me a sinless prayer. Oh yeah, we went to a church's church, and and then we uh, kind of drifted away from the Lord yeah. for a while. Yeah. And then uh, um, when he said 2009, that's that's when we um, we went to we surrender our, our life to the Lord, and we went for a prayer that when John was <coughs> preaching oh, together. Yeah, yeah we oh, went yes, up both together. Of, yeah, that was good. I was pregnant that time. Mm. Oh, was, you were pregnant? Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't know that I was carrying. Oh. Not until. Um, the next year, February, when February came, that's when I knew I was mm-hmm. pregnant with my son, Canaan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. just have the one child? No, we got uh, three kids. You got three kids? Yeah, two daughters and a, a son. Yeah. Oh, okay. The daughters are older, right? Yeah. I can't take a heart that's broken Make it all over again but I know a man who can I can't take a soul that's in sin Wash it white, white as snow But I know a man who can Savior, the Redeemer of all men. I call 
Jesus For He is my dearest friend And when I think that no one loves me And my life is out of hand Well, I know a man who can we were um, baptized 2010 in August. Oh. In, is it August? Yeah, August. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who baptized you? My dad baptized me. Why did you feel like you needed to be baptized? It's one of my testimonies. I wanted to show that uh, I was following the Lord. And also in Scripture, uh, I believe it's Acts. Uh, I believe it was Philip who went to the, I believe it is a eunuch. I went and see, says the eunuch says, see what, what hinders me from being baptized? You know, and uh, his answer was, you know, if you believe with all your heart, you know, you may be baptized. And I believed with all my heart and I wanted to be baptized. We didn't know anybody else was going to be baptized and we thought it was just going to be the two of us. And uh, I think uh, how many people ended up being baptized that day? Four? Four. Yeah. Oh, okay. About four, four. Yeah, I think it is four people being baptized that day. And uh, that's another thing that this, uh, we found so amazing. You know, during, during church, you know, all, that morning it was kind of raining and... Uh, cloudy. Cloudy throughout the day. And towards the end of the service, as we were going down to the lake to be baptized, you know, you could see a big hole in the sky, just clearing up and just blue sky. Yeah. And the, the clouds were all the way around, and the <laughs> sun beating down on us. And, yeah, that was uh, that's what we found so amazing as well. That day being baptized, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's wonderful. The Lord said to Jeremiah about His people, "I will give them a heart to know Me, that I am the Lord." They will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. Now that you have known me, you will know my Father also. And from now on you do know him, and you have seen him. Lord, show us the Father. That is all we need. For a long time I have been with you all. Yet you do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Why then do you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe, Philip, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I have spoken to you do not come from me. The Father who remains in me does his own work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. If not believe because of the things I do, I am telling you the truth. Those who believe in me will do what I do. Yes, they will do even greater things because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask for in my name so that the Father's glory will be shown through the Son. How is God helping you now, Trevor? The Lord's always there for us. He's, you know, uh, there's some times where we we struggle and yeah. uh, through life and uh, stuff like that. But you know, 
he even financially he he helps us financially as well. I guess one of the biggest areas is uh, how he's helped me is grow growing in my Christian life as well and being able to share. I go on TV to share uh, my testimony you know, when I'm asked to, and also in, in church, uh, uh, they ask me to uh, kind of look after the service. Uh, oh, good. Uh, we, we take turns in, in church uh, looking after services. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I guess in that area, uh, preparing me for ministry. You know, I, I've always seen my dad doing that, and... Uh, uh, our elders and yep. there's a group of young Christians in our church oh, that are nice. kind of uh, taking on that role, uh, yep. the responsibility of sharing the gospel and uh, giving our testimony and also uh, uh, emceeing as well. Yeah. Before he went to the cross, Jesus talked to his disciples about the importance of God's presence with them. He started with what was going to happen to him. Do you believe now? The time is coming, it is already here, when all of you will be scattered, each of you to your own home, and I will be left all alone. But I am not really alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you this so that you will have peace by being united to me. The world will make you suffer, but be brave. I have defeated the world. Amen. But. Do you know that the peace that we have in Christ comes with a price? At one point, Jesus did feel the absence of the Father when the sin of humanity came upon his shoulders. He cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was for our sin that Jesus was separated from God so that we might never be alone and that we might have peace in a world of trouble and hardship. I don't know what's going on in your life, but one thing I do know for sure is that Christ can do what you and I cannot do. As you yield yourself to Christ and turn to Him, He enables you to overcome anything that comes against you. Do you believe that? If you need help to start with your walk with God, Give us a call. We're glad to hear from you. Some may call him Savior, the Redeemer of all men. I call him Jesus, for he is my dearest friend. And when I think that no one loves me, and my life is out of hand Will I know a man who can? I can't walk upon the waters No, I can't calm the raging sea But I know a man who can? I can't call blind eyes to open, nor the lame to walk again. But I know a man who can.
Some they call him Savior, the Redeemer of all men. I call him Jesus, for he is my dearest friend. And when I think that no one loves me, and my life is out of hand, well, I know a man who can. Oh, yes, I know a man who can.